Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we hear about how God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. We're excited you've joined us. Here's our host, Brett Morani. Last week on Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, Greg Merckx was my guest, and we talked about a subject that he is passionate about, helping Christians to engage in Christ-like dialogue. Sadly, it is not too unusual to find Christians, when engaging in cultural conversations, to take on ungodly behavior such as harsh language, angry outbursts, and even name-calling. This week, we pick up where we left off on this important topic. Now, we've rewound the tape just a little bit to establish context. So here's the second and final part of my conversation with Greg Merckx on Christ-like Dialogue. And I think we're being told in these cultural issues, even as Christians, they're against us, they're against us, they're against us, because they're not on our side, they're not on our team. And that's dangerous, because, you know, I think we start alienating ourselves from people who do not know Christ. We start burning bridges between us and people who do not know Christ. And that's not what Jesus did when he walked on this planet. He didn't He didn't go around and, and just talking about how all the tax collectors were against him. <laughs> you know, he ministered to them. He got to know them. He, he spent time with them. And they changed because they were with him. You know, th- they had experienced the power of the gospel. And I think you talked about echo chambers. And, and you know, there was we, you and I had a conversation, or I should say there was a conversation on a Facebook group that we were part of years ago, where I made the comment, because I think a lot of people were switching from Facebook to go into other, what they consider to be more conservative social media platforms. I made the comment that I want to have non-Christian Facebook friends because I don't want to surround myself with people who just, just with people who think like I do, because I'm not really there to support my thinking. If I'm on social media, if there's any value of me being social media, it's, it's for a gospel purpose. Mm. And I have non-Christian social media friends. And some of the things that I post, they'll like or they'll comment on. And, and they're normally somewhat positive when they, when they comment. It always makes me happy. Because I know I'm not watering down the gospel. I know I'm not being untrue to scriptural truth. I'm, I'm, I'm being faithful to that. But I'm also not alienating them by my words or my tone or by what whatever means that might offend. Uh, maybe we shouldn't use the word offend, but turn them away. And here's the thing. I care more about them hearing the gospel from me than I do about them having me parrot Fox News talking points, right? Fox News is not going to save them. <laughs> me parroting Fox News talking points is not the gospel. Mm -hmm. And um, they need to hear the gospel. And I will say this, I probably spend more time on social media than I should. But if there's any reason for me to be there, it's it's a gospel purpose, a gospel reason. And if I post something, it needs to be glorifying to God, but it also needs to basically promote the gospel instead of burn a bridge between me and someone who's who's an unbeliever. Now, I'm not saying we have to always agree with unbelievers and and cater to them and and water down the truth. That's not what we're talking about here. We're just talking about basic things that that we're doing that we may not be aware that we're we're burning bridges. And now that person is never going to listen to the gospel because they're either turned off to us or they think, you know what? That person doesn't want me around. They don't like me. Mm -hmm. Or worse, they hate me. Well, sure, because there is language of hatred that Christians are using. Christians are calling people names on the Internet. It, they get in a debate over a topic that they're passionate about, be it you know abortion, pro-life, gun rights, uh, like every after every school shooting, 
you know, you got people on the left crying for more gun laws and they're angry at the people who own guns and, and are fighting for gun rights. And then you got people on the right that are mad at the people on the left for trying to take their guns away every time there's a, a school shooting. Instead of finding the common ground of trying to say, let's lament the loss of life together, we're all in agreement on finding common ground is is not happening much. And part of the reason, I think it's because we're not face to face. It's easy to yell at people on the Internet. You know, that's true. We're having less of these conversations in person. In fact, we don't want to have these conversations in person <laughs> because we'll we'll say things on social media or post things on social media or comment, make comments on social media. We would never make to somebody face to face. If we're one-on-one with them, then we don't get to hide behind our keyboard, right? We, we now mm-hmm. have to have to have the awkward moment of, I've just insulted you. you know, we, we don't really insult people. We wouldn't do that right now, I should say. Some people would. That's another part Most of our, people would. Part of that. I, I do think, we're, I think our, our society is meaner, and, and I think we are more likely to probably mouth off at people now than, than we might have been years ago because the, the, the social decorum has changed, but but um, I think so much of, of of our opinions are things we're posting behind the, the security of the keyboard, and and because of that, I think we're much more likely to re- elevate the the tone to a place that we wouldn't do one on one with with someone. I mean, would you say? Um, do you think many Christians would, if they were standing in front of President Joe Biden, would look at him in the face and say, "Let's go, Brandon"? Yeah, no, no, no. It's a lot different when you're standing. And we need to put a face on these. That's part of what we need to do in this dialogue and social media is pause and say, would I say this to this person's face? Would I say this to this person with their family members present? Yeah. Years ago, there was a, um, one of the things you see uh, on social media is sometimes there'll be these photos, these grotesque photos of certain people. uh, And it seems to always be, be women. It's amazing. It's, it's, it, so much of this isn't so much things that, I, that are created by people, but things that people are reposting, right? Mm-hmm. We, the, the, the memes and the pictures and the articles that people are reposting, and, and sometimes they don't pay close enough attention to it, or sometimes they, they don't read the article closely the way they should, and they just post it, but they don't realize that now they're associated with it. Once they posted it, every person that, that has seen that believes that you believe that. And, you know, we need to be careful about that. I mean, I mentioned Let's Go Brandon. Years ago, or not years ago, whenever that wave happened, most of the people that I saw posting that on social media were Christians. Right. And it's almost as if Christians thought, he, 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 I, I'm not cursing. I'm saying Let's Go Brandon. Yeah. But everybody who's smart enough knows what that really means. And so you have just said that vulgarity towards the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And you may disagree with his policies. You may think he's the wrong person to be president of the United States. But at what point did God give you the permission to take somebody who is made in his image and insult them in a vulgar way? Right after that, I read uh, in Titus, Paul says in Titus 3, he's talking to Titus about the church. He says, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. To speak evil of no one, avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. Basic Christ-like behavior. But group, the group wave that we jump on takes us places that Christ doesn't want us to go, quite frankly. All right. I love that you took us to that scripture, because that was one of the things I wanted to ask you was, let's, let's put some scripture to what we're talking about when we talk about Christ-like dialogue, when, it, when we talk about representing Christ. 
in the arena of the exchange of social ideas and and positions and opinions and and you've done that a couple times now and I really appreciate that. So let me play the devil's advocate. Good. Let me <laughs> now say, but what about Jesus himself? Go tell that fox, referring to Herod, you brood of vipers. Mm-hmm. Oh, ye of little faith, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. He, he's using some pretty, shall we say, uh, inflammatory language in referring to people created in the image of God. Now, we know Jesus never sinned, so I'm not accusing Jesus of sinning or not living up to his word. When I've had this conversation with people before, I have had them come back to me with that very statement. When I pointed out these scriptures from Paul, what is your response to that? Well, first, my response would be that's a legitimate thought. Um, you hear a lot uh, lately of the, the idea of, of Christians being nice, and, and people will say, well, the Bible doesn't command us to be nice. You know, the, the Bible stands us to stand, commands us to stand for truth or, or what have you. And I get that, and I also understand what the things that Jesus said. Jesus used some very strong language in relation to what he considered to be injustices or people who were, um, in most cases, people of, author- of power and authority, right? He was, his greatest criticism was towards the religious leaders. That was his greatest criticism. That's who he called brood of vipers, right? He, he's talking to the religious leaders. And so, so I do think that is a point well taken, but I do think, too, those of us who might lean in that direction to make that point need to be careful about not just using Jesus's language to justify our selfish behavior. Meaning if you, if you think that gives you permission to say, let's go, Brandon, then you're not really understanding who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, it's one thing to, to say, well, we need to be firm and, and, and sometimes our, our speak and our tone might not be as, as sweet and, 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 and gentle, but even so, we have to be careful about not, and I, I said this years ago in relation to a completely different issue when somebody was saying, well, Jesus did this, Jesus did that. And I said, well, I'm not Jesus. Right. And, and, the, reason, and, the, and, the, and the reason I said that is Jesus knows everything. There's nev- never, Jesus never said anything about somebody that wasn't absolutely 100% true. He knew exactly who they were. He knew their heart. He knew everything about them. And most of us, <laughs> excuse me, all of us don't know everything about other people. And so when we use language, insulting language towards other people, we're, we're, our information is incomplete. We, we don't have the, full, the whole story. We don't know their heart. We, don't, we, we, we see what they do. We see what they say, so forth and so on. But we don't know what Jesus knows about them. And, and so we have to be careful to, to not nominate ourselves as new messiahs. <laughs> and the final judge of the universe that Jesus and, is and, and, and shall be. And the final judge yeah. of the universe. Exactly. He, he is the judge of all. We are not. Well, you, you hit so right we on those, be- what I said. to I think of a specific case in which someone said to me, and I was challenging on some of the language they were using. They said, that's the way Jesus talked. I said, you're not Jesus. And, exactly. And when we talk about being Christ-like, we're talking about being Christ-like in the ways in which we can be Christ-like. We say we want to be like Jesus. Yes, but that doesn't mean Jesus wants us to go die on a cross in Jerusalem for the sins of the whole world. That's not our calling. That was his calling. There's aspects of who Jesus is that we will never, we're never going to have, we're never going to be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When we say we want to be like Jesus, that doesn't, that's not what we're saying. So we're never going to be the judge of the universe. He is. 
So if he makes a pronouncement that's strong, it's because he is the one that can do that. He has told us in his word, we're not to be the ones to do that. I go back to the fruit of the Spirit. We see Jesus using that language from time to time, but the way we are instructed to behave consistently throughout the New Testament is, is consistent with the fruit of the Spirit, those kinds of character qualities that respect other people, that demonstrate love towards other people, that, that act in a gentle manner towards others, in a considerate manner towards others. And, and the vast majority of Scripture is instructing us to do that. And it's not that hard to find it, by the way. It's right there. It's very clear. Almost every New Testament book has a section on Christian ethic. And almost every one of those sections on Christian ethic has to, the, the writer of that, of that epistle has something to say about how we treat other people. And it's and it's from a Christian perspective, it's always that we should treat people in a way that that, that respects that they are made in God's image and, and, and in no way is insulting or or harsh or bitter or, or any of the things that I think many of us as Christians may be tempted to fall into as the world that's the way of the world. I mean, this is how the world treats other people. And we if 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 the world insults other people we're in danger as Christians to say, well, we got to insult back. That is, n- that, that is in no way, shape, or form the, the way we're instructed to behave. And then let's go back to Jesus. What did Jesus do when he was on trial? He was quiet. He, he was silent. He did, not, he did not return insult for insult. He did not return evil for evil. He did not even defend himself. Exactly. Yeah. In those moments, every, every, every time we say, well, Jesus used harsh language, we need to also understand all the times when Jesus chose to not insult, to not be belligerent, but to be quiet and just and, and, and rest in who he was. And again, I'm not saying that it's easy in today's climate to, to, to be like this, and we cannot do it apart from the power that he gives us and the, the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, uh, but we certainly have decisions to make. And, and sometimes it's just as simple as either not saying anything or taking a deep breath and realizing if I say that, it's going to be insulting and I need to... I need to back off on that. I think it's okay to be an advocate. You know, sometimes on even on social media, I will I will be an advocate for something. You mentioned gun control. Christians have differing opinions on that, and so any given moment, a Christian might, if there's been a shooting or something like that, might be an advocate in some way or another. And and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But you can be an advocate without being insulting or mean spirited. Mm-hmm. And and. When you're when you're mean spirited and insulting, you're burning bridges instead of building them. And and even from a, a secular standpoint, let's let's take a couple of steps away from the church, the body of Christ. From a secular standpoint, so many of these cultural problems are never going to be solved unless unless there's bridges being built between groups that are decision making people. But as the church, we we should be even more even more aware of the need for us to. to to keep those channels open and to not say anything that's going to alienate somebody else who may believe dramatically different, differently than we do about any of the number of things. We don't ever want to, we, we wouldn't want them to hear us dismiss them in such a way that made them think, well, I, they, that person doesn't like me. That person might even hate me. Mm-hmm. And I think some people believe that about the church. I, I really do. I think some people, I'm not welcome there because I vote Democrat. Right. And, you know, and we got to be careful about that. 
I agree. Uh, that's why I had you on here, brother. I appreciate you a lot. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your wisdom. Thanks for uh, helping bring attention to this in this moment of our history in the United States as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ. This is a this is something that needs attention, and I I thank you for helping highlight that for us. Well, I appreciate it, Brad, and I've, I've enjoyed the conversation. And thank you so much for thinking of me and having me on. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.